Hey, this is Aaron Plessinger, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, this is David Wittemann, the Cobra. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome back to the Moto X Pod Show. Another week, another show. No DJ TJ tonight. That's all right. We're here for episode 192, brought to you by Cherubies USA. For decades, Cherubies has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories. For products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last, Cherubies has what you need. So visit CherubiesUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440. And uh, to ask for Brian Fullerton. Let him know that you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Tell him that you pr- appreciate them supporting the show. Also on board, X Brand goggles. Still waiting on my new Lucids. I know they're coming. Thought they'd be here already. I'm just as uh, bummed out as the rest of you, but they they are coming. I can't wait to get them. Torque One Racing. Uh, providing high-quality, economical performance parts. If you need some grips or pegs, handlebars, things like that, shifters, brake pedals, check out TorqueOneRacing.com. And just like everybody else, let them know that you're supporting us because or supporting them because they support us. Also, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamic, Wrist Braces, Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Berm Lords Graphics, and Jersey ID. And if you guys need new graphics, anybody hitting up Berm Lords, let them know that you're listening to the show. Uh, you know, those guys, Shand and um, Adam over there will take care of you. They'll get you guys hooked up. Follow them all at Berm Lords on Instagram, graphics at bermlords.com for info. Get some pricing. Order some stuff, man. Help us out. Our jerky, eatourjerky.com. Use promo code MotoXPodShow21. Also, Extreme Colors Helmet Painting for $395. You can get a one-of-a-kind custom painted helmet. It looks sick. Contact Kurt at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com, and, of course, Williams Moto Works. For all your moto, motor work needs, cams, anything like that, cam designer will take care of you. In studio, DJ, DJ, DJ is not here. Scotty T, what's up, dude? What's happening, Dark Side? Not much, man. Just uh, another show, another yeah. week. Yeah, you mentioned those uh, those Lucid goggles. Those seems like... A hot hot commodity like a uh, pepperoni pizza at a Weight Watchers convention can't find, can't <laughs> yeah, find a slice yeah. anywhere. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 hard to get right now, like a Cabbage Patch Kid in the eighties. <laughs> but uh, they will be more readily available soon. He's just Rich is waiting on that container to get to him so he can oh, open I bet. it up. Um, Daytona thoughts? Yeah. Um, solid, solid, solid round. Like uh, we thought it was going to be a mutter. Turned yeah. out to be really good. Pretty stoked that didn't happen. I thought the I thought the track was cool. Um, lots of hard racing, and uh, yeah, I, I watched I watched the whole show and it was it was it was entertaining from start to finish. The two fifty LCQ started over like four times. Yeah, like that was, you know, I actually went to I took Amber to dinner. We never have no kids really mm-hmm. ever, so we didn't have any kids at night. So I bit the bullet. 
took her on a date, asked her if she wanted to go. Mm, excuse me. We went out to eat, got some steaks. So I say just, biting the bullet on taking well, your not, wife not out. Not because I had to take her to dinner at all. I love taking oh, okay. her out, but because I, I was going to miss the race gotcha. live, and I don't like doing that. I ended up missing the press conference because I couldn't get their race watch before the press conference, and, and I, right. I feel guilty about that because I consider myself media, yeah, and I should do that stuff. But Fair. because it's rare that we get any time, I, I went ahead, and it, it just it wasn't the perfect time. But I wanted to take her out, and I did, and we went to eat, but I made sure I wasn't looking at my phone, and then I got home. And it was after 10 o'clock our time, so the race should have been over. So I turned it on. Oh, and it started. And it was still going. I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, no, no, got, no, no, look. It was I've like had... three laps to go, and I, I saw who was leading, Eli, and it. It ruins it, it. it. For me, it does. I hate knowing the outcome or, like, before I get I to I don't it. even like it when, like, my sister and my dad's, like, like say something came up where I didn't, I'm not able to watch it until, like, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And they're like. Oh, it was a good race. I don't even want to hear that it was a good race. <laughs> I don't mind Cause that. I could, well, because I can like, I'm like, oh, if it was a good race, then that means that probably Roxon and Cooper <laughs> or had a good battle. or sure, sure. Like, like I Like, it depends on who it's coming from. If my if one of my buddies that's like a Tomac fan says, oh, it was a good race, I'm like, okay, well, Tomac did good. So, like, uh, I don't even yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. to hear I anything. Hear well, I, I had to turn it off, and then the re- it took a while for the replay to post. Yeah. You know, and then of course it was time for the press conference. I was trying to think, man, do I do the press conference and just try to wing it? No, you can't. You could, I could ask general questions. Yeah, but you would I, get. I would, would, I would get an idea. Well, then I would know who won. Yeah, because for they sure. Talk about it. Yeah, Daniel would have talked about it. So I just didn't do the press conference, which yeah. which I missed. It was funny because our boys over at Moto Limited show, uh, Nick and Trent, sent me a text and said something like, "Oh, I I didn't know you got Mathis or something." I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." So apparently, when Daniel introduced Steve Mathis for his question. He always goes like dark side for the Moto X pod show. He went Steve Mathis from the Moto X pod show. That was awesome. So thank you, Daniel Blair for that. That's hilarious. But yeah, the race, I was wondering why the race was still on. This is where this started with why it was still on after 10 o'clock. And it was because of the red flags, Mm -hmm. which, you know, once I got to that, I realized it. They'd, I know that it's it's a, it's a safe environment, but man, they'd be throwing those things these these days. Yeah. I think it's good though. I, I, well, when, when, when Joey Crown went down, and it was like they waited to even show the replay because he wasn't moving. And yeah, that's, dude, that, that 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 makes me. my heart stop because like yeah. I've seen that play out badly before. Yeah, so. yeah, uh, it's, but it it ended up being I think a really great race, uh, and we're gonna talk about it. I want to kind of get off topic a little bit, but a topic we were just talking about. So to explain, I just thought of the story: how much I hate knowing the outcome of things. Yes. Probably eight years ago, nine years ago, I was over at Trampus Parker's track in Louisiana racing. I remember that track. Oh, that DeSoto, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, still there. His okay. son runs it, I think, now. Yeah. But I was over there, and I got a text from one of my buddies. that The Cowboys, I don't remember the story, the details exactly, but the Cowboys and the Niners, I think, were, they weren't playing each other, but I want to say the Niners had to win to get into the playoffs. Okay. And my buddy sent me a text that was like, dude, bummer for your Niners or something like that. Yeah. And, and dude, I was livid. I was like, I'm, I'm recording the game. This is back DVR time. Yeah. I was so pissed off. This was like a Saturday race, I think. No, it had to be Sunday at the fourth. Yeah. The football was on. But I was so mad. It ruined the entire – this was like midday. Yeah. It ruined my entire day. It ruined my trip all the way home. Uh. I was just so – Freaking angry. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I like I got home and I was like, I'm not even gonna watch it now, you know? Yeah. And I thought, yeah, what the hell? I'll watch it anyway. 
Well, they ended up winning. He had sent the text, and like they they had like a last three minute comeback. Oh, but it's, it, oh but yeah, it ruined my day. I was I was like, never, ever do that. Give again. me a hint. Nope. Tell me anything. I don't want like you can't ever do that. It ruins. It ruined yeah. my race. It ruined my drive home. I was furious. I, I agree 100. percent Sometimes I'll I'll mess up and I'll get on Instagram and be like, ah, oh, crap. Yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. Well, like when we went out to eat, I was like, right, I'll just, I'm going to turn my phone off. And Amber's like, well, I'll tell you what happens. Cause she's like, no, she's like, don't. she's going to look at her phone. I was like, no. no, she was just messing with me, thankfully. But anyway, okay. Daytona, uh, Eli, five yeah. wins. I mean, I, I mean, Kiefer said it was like expect to be yeah, expected. expected. I, I, I do. I, I agree with that 100%. feel that way. Like, I mean, yes, I expected him to be good. I wasn't giving him the he, win going in. I think that, I think, the, all the talk about the five time and with Carmack, I think it got him hyped up. And like, you got you're gonna you're gonna see that spurt from Tomac every once in a while. He still yeah. he still has it, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, don't I, think that I, he's gonna like he he got kind of lucky with the points with uh, Roxon getting fourth, mm-hmm. and he kind of still like twenty four down. Yeah, and he, and you know I think he, it makes it a little interesting, but I don't see that starting a new trend. I think I mean to me. Like yeah, Tomac winning was cool. He's only hit, this is only his second win of the season, but the the biggest win was was Cooper. Like, did he gamed so hard? Like, Roxon, Plessinger, and Tomac all were faster than him. With like, what was it? With there was probably like thirteen or fourteen minutes into the race, Roxon was on him. Was was clearly faster in the whoops than him, and he just did not let up. And yeah. he was so impressive. So just. Cooper Webb, that was <laughs> an, that was, All and then right. he got Pleasanter in the last section. Like that was that was Coop gaming, and it was yeah. impressive. Well, and AP kind of admitted that a little bit last night. Um, let's talk about the Cooper Kenny thing. So I've heard, obviously, listen to Paul, listen to Kiefer last night. Steve's thoughts, JT's thoughts, Weege's thoughts. Uh, Skip Norfolk was in. He gave his thoughts. Uh, a number of people last night on the Pulp Show gave their thoughts. I didn't think it was a big deal at all. I didn't think it was dirty. I didn't think it was aggressive. I didn't think it was unnecessary. It never, I never thought it was a freaking block. When pass. I watched the race, I was like, "What? Why are they all freaking out?" Like that was just like a normal race move. It was the first corner. Yeah, I, was, I, I rewatched it and I still don't You're get it. Fourth like, wide gear into a off camber. Like, yeah, you're gonna run somebody wide. Like, well, I mean, he did it on purpose. He didn't have to go that wide, but who cares? Is they're racing for he a cha- did, did we forget? Out. Yeah, did we forget that they're racing for a championship? I mean, like yeah. And Skip last night said, um, like they should race with more respect, and I didn't think it was disrespectful to me. To me, disrespectful would be taking the front wheel out and putting them over a berm. I mean, I mean, like back in, even in Skip Norfolk's day with with McGrath and them, that there was times where they would just. Punt each other out of the way, like yeah. He kind of not. He felt like not as much, but I don't know. Look, man, uh, we know that Cooper likes to try to get in people's heads. We've heard the stories about him talking on the on the finish yeah. or on the start line, and you know he 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 does the the, the shoot back, you know, and all yeah. this stuff. And, and like a lot of people don't like that. And, and I don't believe when I talk to Kenny in real life outside the race itself. Yeah, I don't feel like that's his personality as much, but. He's playing hey, a mental game. Don't don't we hate the player, hate the game. How mental? How much the mental side of this racing mm-hmm. matters? And he he's using that as a technique, a weapon, whatever you want to call it. And he's very good at it. Yeah. Now, 
Kenny gets on the mic and says, okay, I can play that game too. And yeah, he probably can. Yeah. I don't think he can play. I don't feel like he plays it or will play it at the level that Cooper will. Like, I don't think Kenny could get in Cooper's head. Yeah. Now, he might be able to make him mad yeah. by doing something dirty or aggressive. He might do that. But to actually get him to a point where he'll be, like, flustered yeah. and fall apart, I don't see that. I think Cooper is mentally sound, and I think he is where he wants to be right now. He, yeah. You know, a few points behind. I don't remember exactly what the points are. He's he's coming, like it's I said. two, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, very I think close. it's two. It's, I think you're right. Uh, like I said last week, and I think Daniel said the same thing, he's a shark in the water. Yeah, Dude, he smells the blood, and he's just gonna I, keep. I can't. Who was who was the the basketball player? It was either it was either Reggie Miller or Rodman that was that talked about. If I can get you thinking about something else in the game because of something else I did, oh, I, I won. Oh yeah, that's and yeah, De- Dennis. That Rodman, was yeah, yeah, Dennis. He's like, I I already won the battle, yeah. you know, and like so. I think that Cooper does that, and I think Roxon so is a little too. susceptible to it, and so. I kind of feel the same. But, yeah, yeah. so I, I think that, yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. In my opinion, Ken Roxon needs to, I don't, like, like I said last night, he, he owes him a payback. I say, just go race. Yeah. Kenny, you need to race. You know what you're good at. You're, you're so talented, so smooth, technical. Just go race. He didn't race bad either. No, no, he was. I mean, he he did great, you know. And I think he probably would have. Hell, he might have been second. Because he like, may have ended up second if he hadn't made a couple mistakes. Well, Plessinger was kind of. I was just. I was just listening to him on in his oh, interview with Pope, yeah. and he was like, he's like, oh, well, you know, we kind of, I kind of let Cooper catch me. Well, he was. He stayed. He was closing his gap on Tomac too. So. Roxon and Webb were coming. Sure, and yeah. like Plessinger didn't really fall back. Like they, he was still catching Tomac somewhat. And so, like, uh, they like those two guys are definitely. I like I'm, last week we said I was like Cooper just needs to go in and just be on the podium. And if he can get on the podium and if he gets in front of Roxon, that's great. But he just uh, a podium on Daytona, the national style caliber track. If he can just podium, that's a win for him. And he, I think he he really put a good stamp going. And then now we're going into Arlington, which is a battleground for them, and it has history, mm-hmm. closest Supercross race ever. Two points. It also has uh, Cooper's big crash last year. He's got a little bit of both, right? <laughs> so for for me, going forward, Cooper has to keep playing his game. He has to keep mentally mentally messing with Webb a little or uh, Roxon. Roxon a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and I like the the last minute, last couple laps thing that he's become the known become. Why can't I say this right? Infamous for he is he has become known for known for Jesus. <laughs> But I think he has to keep doing that, coming from behind and and just breaking Kenny's heart. And he Kenny has to it. not let that bother him. Keep racing. He's don't done make that. mistakes. I think he's done don't that. Don't buy into or don't acknowledge what Cooper's doing. Go race. Yeah. That's that's just what I think. Um and then Eli just has to he needs to keep winning and get some starts. Yeah. He's well, got to figure the starts well, with, out. With the whole like, yeah, Webb Came in firing. It's the main event. You got to set the tone. You know, it's 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 a fight. Yeah, especially at Daytona. That the sand section was deep. The whoop section was cupped out. Everything was gnarly. Um, he came out swinging. Roxon didn't go down. And it's not like Roxon finally caught up to him at the the last couple. He was he was on him for more than well more than half of the race. So mm-hmm. it's not like that move really determined. Like he he had spots. To pass Webb and Webb just 
strictly just pure facts held him off. Yeah. Well, I mean, Webb Web doesn't crack. Yeah. So I can't really say, like, yeah, maybe the move was a little aggressive, but you can't say that it determined the outcome of the I don't, race. I just don't think it was aggressive. I don't know. It's just, I think I it was guess, it's I, first I feel lap. like I'm, I'm somewhat on an island with that thought. I, I'm on your side. But I agree with you. Um, all right. A couple more things. Aaron Plessinger. Fantastic to see him ride that well. Yeah, I liked the do it for Dale thing. That was cool. <laughs> that was funny. We were Amber was walking through the. I was in the bedroom watching. It. She was walking through, and he was when he was giving that podium yeah. speech. She's like, she didn't realize who it was. She's like, that guy looks like a country singer. I was like, hey, kind of, kind of is. He actually does do that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I was really happy for him, man, because I I had kind of lost faith in him. Yeah. I love how fired up he is and how confident he is now. Yeah. Whether he can actually keep that rolling, I still I my I don't have full confidence in that yet. Yeah, uh, I think I need I need to see it again. It's 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 a, hard tr- to like a quote unquote true supercross. Yeah, track. look like that's the same thing with with Tomac. It's like yeah, he won Daytona. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a sand track. He rides in the sand. Like the Tomac's last dominating performances, Daytona. That's a Tom. That's that's he's tied with Ricky, who's the goat mm-hmm. as as far as race wins. And then he did good in Utah. Well, that's elevation. Those like those are two of his specialties, and those are his last dominating performances. And so, I I was glad to see it. I like seeing him competitive, but I don't. He he really got to make some changes this week to carry the momentum into Arlington, yeah. where he struggled before. Right. So well, I was happy for. I would AP, love to though. see him make it a three rider battle. You know, Roxon and Webb get into. a a little tiff, like like what happened to Tomac and Barsha, basically. Something sure. like that happens, and they drop back and get a 12th or something. The next thing you know, it's a three-rider battle. That's happened before. Um, so that would be cool. But he, if he wins, if he comes in and wins, if Tomac comes and wins Arlington, the first round, they're like, okay, you know, maybe he did find something. But Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Daytona is same with Plessinger. It's hard. Like, if he if they both come back and back it up, then I'm like, okay, they really have found that momentum. I but need to see more. Yeah, it's, it's I, a, Daytona's an outlier. Yeah. Uh, hey, before oh, I don't want to make a uh, Ouija mad. I said I don't know if I used outlier right. Well, yeah. Either way, you, you have to pay him for the use of that word. Oh, so, really? Yeah, is that how it works? I'll make sure he gets your yeah your my info, in, yeah my info. PayPal info. Um, I didn't mention our show tonight. We have Brian Steely from Mad Skills Two. Uh, he he works. I don't even know exactly what he does for we're gonna Mad find Skills, out. but we're going to find out. I reached out to the Mad Skills Twitter page. And uh, got him a response from him to come on because I, I play this game all the time. I battle like Muscle Mark and yeah. a few other guys and play. I, I love playing it. Uh, I, I check the jam session to make sure I'm beating, trying to beat Muscle Mark. Yeah, can't beat JT Cooley. Cooley's too good at it. Is he? Is he icy? He's good. I mean, he's not like top ten in the world, but he's way he's, better than he's yeah. usually a second or two or three or four. <laughs> Better wow. than like myself and and Mark most a lot of the times we'll get close sometimes but anyway I want to get those guys on uh, I think they're I think Mad Skills three may be coming out soon and I just think it'd be fun to talk to him and he used to work for Racer X Brian did so we'll get a little bit of his background and then we've got TLD Gas Gas Red Bull Kate Red Bull whoa, whoa, TLD whoa, whoa. <laughs> Gas Gases Pierce Brown coming on who got a third this week in Daytona so yeah we'll we'll talk about that. Um, Last week, we had a couple contests or giveaways, not really contests. Uh, we were giving away a fly podium stand, and you had to listen to last week. And in order to win, you had to email motoxpodshow at gmail.com. And what I was asking was, 
Yeah, Pedro Gonzalez on. Yes. So to, in order to enter, you need to tell me what year Pedro's first full season was, what his best finish was, and who won that particular race. So we got a bunch of entries, but we haven't picked anybody yet, so you still have a week to get your entries in. We're also giving away a package of sizzling hot R jerky. As I said, this stuff is absolutely sizzling hot. It is I, hot. I tried a piece of it, and I was sweating. Yeah, I love it, but it's freaking hot. Uh, and in order to do that, same email, motoxpodshow at gmail.com. And I wanted you to tell me the story that Kenny Taco Bell told when he and A-Ray first started living together, what happened. And yeah. it was a pretty funny story. And then I wanted you to give me a story of your own, like something funny that's happened in your life, something comparable. It doesn't have to be the exact same thing, but just a weird, funny, yeah, crazy um, interaction maybe with somebody. Give me a good story, and we'll pick a winner for the jerky also next week, which we're not doing an official show next week. No way we have time. I just right. I cannot do it. But we'll we'll still pick a winner. So and we'll we'll do some stuff from the stadium, and I'll try to take some videos and try to yeah, get yeah. I'm those gonna up. I'm gonna try to do some stuff myself. Yeah. So we'll get that stuff up. But other than that, just next week's gonna be very very hectic. Um. So yeah, I'm kind of looking through my notes here. Uh, Cameron McAdoo. First win, yeah, Daytona. That was cool. I like seeing him get a win. I like Cameron. Whackers, whackers. Uh, I don't. I never really had a chance to look at lap times. You know, Jay, Justin Cooper, horrible starts all night. Yeah, and was coming through the pack, but you know, did not get on the podium. Would he have been faster than Cameron? Hard to say. Again, it's it's Daytona. It's Daytona. It's not the same. Yeah. But, it's Daytona, and it's the second round of that championship. It's it's yeah. still kind of a toss up. But I think that's a big step for Cameron to get a win. What we always say, once you get one, well, that they gave come him the easier. points lead. That that put him in the points lead, correct? Because he went two one and Cooper's oh, yeah, gone one yeah. four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he should have the red plate. Let's see week. how he let's see how he does coming to a, an indoor, <laughs> an, yeah, an indoor tray that red plate is, he- is heavy. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I'm. I, it's gonna be cool, man. And the Styles Robertson got on the box along with Pierce Brown, so it's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, interesting podium. Interesting yeah, a, a second for, for that, and that was a, that was a very dominant second place for Styles Robertson. Yeah. That's his first podium, if I'm yep, not mistaken. Yep. So that was cool. But shakes shakes up what we thought. You know, the, like none of us would have picked that podium. No way. No, nobody would pick that podium. So it's kind of cool. It's gonna be interesting to see yeah. if those guys can get momentum off that. Like I don't expect. I really don't expect uh, Styles or Pierce to be on the necessarily be on the box this week at, at, at Arlington. But will they learn something from what they they did last week at Daytona and work off that? It can't and have hurt. confidence. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be good. Uh, all right, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be back with our first guest. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entertown. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Moto X Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal. But thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. 
X-Brand Goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hair and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hair and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggles. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then f*** you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com. And order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. All right, we're back. And our, our next guest is brought to you guys by Our Jerky. The Wagemans family motocross roots run deep. Our Jerky is a private label jerky established to help support the brothers' racing dreams. Made fresh, it makes a great quality snack no matter the occasion. I ate two bags of it during Supercross watching Daytona. With teriyaki, sweet and spicy, western, black pepper, sizzling hot, and the popular seven-deuce-deuce black pepper brisket, there's a ton of options to choose from. Visit eat R, the letter R, eatrjerky.com and use promo code MOTOXPODSHOW21. Dude, this stuff is good. You will love it. But tonight, our jerky brings us Mr. Brian Steely from Mad Skills Motocross, uh, brought to you by Turbo Rilla. What's up, Brian? What's up, fellas? Uh, not a lot, man. So this is something for a long time I've thought about is trying to get a hold of somebody from the game. And I finally reached out, and you responded. Now, I don't know if this is like, you know, if, if Mad Skills is like the size of, you know, uh, Apple, and there's hundreds of employees, or if you're this, the sole employee. So give us a little background on Mad Skills and how that whole thing works. Well, I'm not actually an employee of, okay. of Mad Skills, for starters. I do, I do own part of the company, but I, I have my own sort of agency, and I, uh, I've been working with the Mad Skills team one way for or another for a very long time, over 10 years at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you say you're not, you're a part owner, I guess. Then, like, how many people are involved? I mean, I assume there's owners, there's designers. How does that work? Well, we're, we're based in northern Sweden. Oh, wow. And okay. We have, like, I think our, our employee count, total employee count's like 25 now. So it's still a relatively small team for development studio, but you know, it's grown over the years and it's, um, it's coming along. That's for sure. How does this game rank? Like, is there a way that you guys judge how well a game is doing, where it falls in the, the spectrum of games like it? Uh, not like technically, but okay. Mad skills motocross two has been on, it's been installed on more than 60 million devices globally. So it's pretty big. Nice. Yeah. Uh, there, there may be other motorcycle games that have installed, have had more installs than that. Um, I don't really know, but I don't know. I think when it comes to act- games that are actually connected to the motocross industry, I don't really think any other games have are sort of as much a part of the culture of motocross as Mad Skills. I would That's agree. My, yeah, my I take would ag- anyway. I would agree with you. I don't hear of anybody else playing a whole lot of other games. I know there's another one 
and I don't remember what it's called, that my buddy Mark Poole plays sometimes. Um, and it looks a little bit more like an arcade-style game. Um, but I haven't I haven't ever jumped into that one. I'm pretty much obsessed with Mad Skills. What you got, Scotty? Um, yeah, so I've I've played it a few times. Like, I get into it, and I've, I feel like my only thing is that I feel like I've put like factory hours in. I've worked, I've worked, I've worked, I've worked. And I'm whole st- career. I'm still on like a KDR 200. And like, I just, I just wanted to know if there was a way to like, you, do you have to buy Cheat. each? Yeah, basically. I just want to buy a 450 and just go to town. Like I'm tired, I'm, be- I'm tired of being a scrub. So what's, what, what advice do you have for the, the guys that don't take it too seriously? They don't like have I enough do. patience. Yeah, exactly. Well, the first thing I'll say is that, you know, there are guys who have been riding real dirt bikes for 40 years and there are 16 year olds on the line at supercross races or arena cross races or motocross races who smoke them all day long. Sure. So it isn't necessarily about time on the bike. Some people just have the skill. Uh, my first question would be, is, is, is your slowness, your relative slowness because you don't have the fastest bike? Because I can certainly hook that up. Or is the issue that you you do have the fastest bike? Oh no, I just your skills are. I haven't taken the time to unlock all of them, so I'm just still on like one of the early level bikes. And oh, I would, okay. I like the game, but I just get bogged out like trying to do all the challenges to like and I, like because I, I won't the play part, dude. I know. Well, I will, I'll forget about it for a couple of days, and well, that's then like a problem I, right there. Uh, see, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm a I'm a weekend warrior, Matt Skills <laughs> motocrosser, and I just I, I just I need the cheat codes. I need the. I, I see, unlock everything. I kind of see where you come from when it comes to like when I first started, and then my buddies would challenge me, and they had the good bikes yeah. and I didn't, and you're bummed. So like when I have that issue when when newer guys start following me or trying to race me, and they're really new at it, I let I just let them win to build up. Yeah. Some some uh, what do you call it? Like your uh, your level. Yeah. But yeah, it, it is kind of bummer if you can't. I'm willing to pay the money. I just don't want to pay the money just to go to the like. I just I want to skip to the end. Like I want, if I'm going to pay money, I want I want I want the fast one. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Well, that's that's doable. It's, it's funny because Mad Skills Two has been out for like over six years now. Yeah, so most right. of the folks in the motocross industry have had the fastest bike for a long time. So right. You're the first person I've talked to in a while who's, who's still working their well, way up through. I them. think what I did is like I I played it a long time back in the day, mm-hmm. and then like I forgot about it, and then like. uh like I was listening to the Whiskey Throttle show and he was and Pingree was talking about it a lot and it kind yeah. of like it got me back into it and then like so this was like I like I started like a new profile. Uh, so okay, like I kind I of started you. over again. I got you. Well, I, I happen to know somebody at the company. I could probably hook <laughs> yeah. you up and speed that up a little bit for you. But well, in um, that case, yeah, you got to work your way up through and get the. You have to work your way up and earn the bikes. But um, yeah, they're all earnable, earnable for free if, if you don't want to spend anything. That's right. the one thing we did in that game is we made it to where you couldn't really. You couldn't buy competitive advantage. You could always unlock the best thing for free. That was yeah, I like us, that. So. Um, what I, I do, I will, since you know somebody that works there, maybe you could give me just a little bit more uh, speed and you know than some of the uh, any of the other bikes. Like I, I need my own special bike. Like you need bike fourteen. You need yes. the, you need one higher than the best yes. bike. I because guess. there's one guy that I play all the time. One of my buddies, JT Cooley, who, dude, like. I'm not even mad when he beats me anymore in jam. I just know. Like, eventually he's going to play during the week, and he's going to take the the lead of our group, and it's just I can't do anything about it. He's one of those guys that can – you know, you I know you you check it all out, right? You I go watch the, the top-level guys, and they just, like, wheelie yeah. through the whole track. It's ridiculous. I, it's ridiculous. Like, it's impossible. I, I think they're cheating. But anyway um, – <laughs> So, if, dude, if I ha- if I had if I had five bucks for every time somebody <laughs> thought a skilled player was cheating in this game, I, you know, 
I would be retired by now. Sure, it's, yeah. Um, I, these guys just figure something out. You yeah. know the funny thing about that wheeling stuff? There, there's this thing in gaming um, called unintentional emergence. And it's when players figure out a way to play a game that was completely unintentional as far as the developers <laughs> yeah, are concerned. Yeah. When Mass Skills was developed, it was never it was never known that wheeling was going to be faster. And all the ways that guys had figured out how to scrub bikes and pick up speed, none of that stuff was intentional. It's just that the, the physics are really sophisticated. And and all these players are so good, and they figured out how to make the physics do things we didn't even know they could do. I, I actually think I, I get that it's a little bit unrealistic, and sometimes people bitch about the fact that you know they get tired of all the wheeling and stuff. But I think it's pretty cool that that high level players have figured out a way to separate themselves from from other players. Yeah, so. I don't disagree. I'll never be that good, but it doesn't really. Bother you really me. do have to focus and get your timing right. And if you oh, mess yeah. up once, it, like it, it really does take some focus. I, I I do say that. I do like that part of it. Yeah. It, Have you guys ever noticed how how many of the people? I don't know if you've looked at the tops of the leaderboard, but how many of the folks at the tops of the leaderboard are actually motocross racers? I mean, the number of people who are the best at our game, who actually ride in real life, uh, it, it's unbelievable how much crossover there is there. No, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's because racecraft translates, or if it's just because motocross racers tend to play our game more than other people. I'm not sure, or maybe a little bit of both of those things, but. I was looking at the jam leaderboards just before I talked to you guys, and and Justin Cooper, who's one of the best Mad Skills players in the world, is top ten in jam right now. Really? And, really? And, yeah. Well, and, and he can be anytime he tries. He can do that. It's insane. That's what that's what I was about to ask. Is is who who is the pro that's the highest ranked? Is it is it Justin? Justin is by far the best, like real life pro, Mad Skills motocross player. We we do this. We did this thing that was called a world championship. We did it like three yep. years in a row. Yep. And the first one, I think, was four years ago or maybe five. And we flew the top 12, I think, players to Stockholm, Sweden to race. And the first year, Justin Cooper came over and raced the uh, the championship. And we actually scheduled, if I remember correctly, I think we scheduled the championship around Loretta's. Oh, wow. Because no we idea. wanted him to be able to travel over and he was going to be at Loretta's. So we made sure that the time we ran the championship was the time he could actually go. I had no idea. It's funny. You saying that made me think. So 2016 is when I got involved with the show, which was pre-existing. Okay. And um, the guys that were involved, TJ, Phil, Phil Gates was a guy that played Mad Skills. And that sh- the first show, the first Moto Expo show I listened to was Phil Gates and Mark Poole arguing about who was better at Mad Skills. And Phil Gates' goal was to be one of those guys that was going to go fly over. And he was pretty good. I don't know where he ended up finishing but I started playing and like I beat him like one time, and 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 I was just like, I was like I was so happy, you know. And I was I like messaged him. I was like, dude, I beat you, and it doesn't matter that you beat me like ninety nine out of a hundred times. I fi- I beat you. you know? and, <laughs> well, hey, if you beat Ricky Carmichael one time, you'd be telling everybody you beat Ricky Carmichael. Exactly, hundred. Exactly. In, in making yeah. his ninety seven Supercross. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. So, Brian. I want to back up a little bit. You told me that you used to work for Racer X. Um, so what is your history in moto, man? Like, how'd you get involved? How'd you start working for Racer X? Like, what's that story? Um, well, I live in Morgantown, which is where Racer X is. Yeah. And back in the day after I finished uh, college at WVU, I, uh, I was just kind of playing music around town, um, messing around in bars and stuff. And, and I met Davey Coombs and, uh, Bugged him like 30 times maybe to try to, to – I found out that he had this this sort of underground dirt bike zine type of thing. Yeah. And I was super interested in sports. I'd always liked motorcycles and was super interested in sports in general. 
I had a journalism degree. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So I kind of convinced him to, to let me come out and see how things would work out. So I started in the shipping room sending like early newspaper copies of Racer X out to dealerships and sort of expanding our dealership network and all that stuff. And, and just one thing led to another. And eventually I was a managing editor for a, a long time, very many years. And then for the last few years of my career, I was actually the president of the company there. And um, wow, okay. after, about, after about 18 years, I made, I don't know, more books than Ricky won, won motocross and supercross races. I guess he won 150 of them. And I, I figured it out one time and figured I made probably 225 books in my career. And that was just enough. So uh, yeah. Davey Coombs, to, my, to this day, one of my best friends and his whole family has been so good to me. Um, it was time for me to step away and, and leave that to the younger generation and the capable <laughs> hands of Davey. And I decided to do my own thing and ended up making a, a relationship with the Mad Skills guys. I actually initially made a relationship with the Mad Skills guys at RacerX. And, and okay. that continued on in different ways later. And um, and that's really the way I'm connected to the sport mostly now, um, other than when I talk to Davey and stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. You had no yeah. no background in moto until you got this job from right. a random meeting. Right. Now that was in 1998. So at this point, I've been you know connected to the sport for a long time. Yeah, I was just a, a kid at that time. But um, yeah, I, I kind of had an idea of how to. I guess I was. I had a lot of ideas and could figure things out relatively easily. Like for for example we decided, I decided that I thought we should have a website in the very early days. And on a Friday I bought HTML for dummies. And on a Monday I was writing the first racer X website. Holy That's kind of how we did things. You're just one of those guys. Yeah. Well, I guess I was then anyway, I don't know if I still am in my older age, but. Well, yeah. And, and that, and Davey Coombs, we had him on this. That was my the first episode that I did was, okay. was Davey Coombs. And he's such a cool guy. I actually had a, a, a relative who had a, a similar inner uh, interaction with Davey. And he ended up sending like uh, ten supercross tickets with pit passes to to my relative, uh, and like he gave them to us and all that stuff. So like he's a super cool dude, and I just I just wanted to see like what what other cool stuff about Davey that you that you liked or knew about. Well, first of all, he he's just one of the sweetest, nicest guys I've ever known. He's the the things that he he and his family did for me. A, 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 kid from small town, West Virginia, the opportunities that were afforded to me by, by Davey and his family and, and, and racer X and all that, it, it just changed my life in so many ways. Um, these days, you know, I see him a couple of times a year, maybe a few times we ride motorcycles together. Uh, we text each other a lot. In fact, we were texting today and he told me to tell you guys, hi, Nice. Um, but I just think about like, you know, we were, we did, we were just the kids. I mean, we, we were this in a farmhouse in West Virginia. We were, making magazines that were in a way competing with sort of, uh, you know, big publishing houses that were based in Southern California. And we were holding our own or even at times more than holding our own. And it was, uh, we didn't, nobody taught us what we were doing. We just kind of figured it all out. And I really think that was a part of the charm of it because it wasn't, um, we just kind of did whatever we felt like doing every day. You know, it was fun. It was like they, we, we, we went to races, we traveled the country and the world. Yeah. And we wrote about what we wanted to write about. And we didn't really care if nobody had ever written about it before. We didn't really care. We didn't even really think all that much about what are people going to think about this. We just kind of did what we felt would make it cool. And it, what an experience. I mean, most of the people around here in West Virginia, it's uh, you guys, you probably have some idea. It's a rural place and mm -hmm. there, there's not a ton of opportunity. There's a lot of mining that goes on. Uh, you know, I assure you, I'm the only person from the state of West Virginia 
who worked at a, a really a world leading motorcycle racing magazine and a, a, a globally relevant software development motocross video game company. There's probably nobody else from my state who could ever say that. It's that. it's such a cool story when you tell it like that. Like I don't know that all the history of that, but you know, you, you almost like I mentioned Apple earlier, right? Like those guys starting in their garage and not really knowing what it was become. They're just enjoying doing what they're doing and something new. And like, I mean, it kind of sounds like you guys doing the same thing, you know, just starting something new and enjoying it and seeing where it goes and just having a good time. And then it turns into, you know, what really now is probably recognizes the leader in moto journalism, in my opinion. I mean, it's, you know, unfortunately trans worlds went away and, Motocross action is what it is. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to really bash on it, but it's when you go looking for moto news, I always go to Racer X first or yeah. Mathis, who yeah. works for Racer X. So, well, yeah, I, so do I. And I worked with, you know, I worked for many years with Mathis and, and Ping and I, you know, are good buddies and, and yeah. worked together for a long time over there. And, and Weege, I mean, I was, God, I have, I have a great story about Weege, I can tell you. Please how, do. How he got hired. It's not, it's not like, it was just really impressive early on. Like we were at a high point party one year. Uh, it used to be, I don't know if they're still doing it now. Um, but every year when we had high point, which was basically in our backyard, we would have a party downtown somewhere. And I remember one time this kid comes up to me and he was Jason Wygant. And he's, he had traveled down to, to high point from New Jersey where he was in, in, in college. And, had had given me a, a zine, a little zine that he made in his computer lab in um, in college, all, all about motocross. And he just really struck me as somebody who cared about this. And I guess I kind of like knew right from the beginning that there was something different about this guy. And then he, nothing happened for like another year or something. And then he turned up again somehow. I was like, I was like, hey, that's that guy. So we ended up hiring him and. Just man, what a what an impressive dude he is. I I agree. Like, a, I mean, he can just do anything. You could give him any story; he would always come up with a good angle on it. He would always always do so well at it. He just what perspective he has. Mm-hmm. He, he was one of the most impressive people I ever worked with. Jason Wygant was, still is. Yeah, it, it's, he's funny. If when you if you really get a chance to meet Jason, like he he's not like. Um, if you didn't know Moto, like, I don't know how to put this. He doesn't seem like your typical Moto guy. No, he's no, just, he's not. But he's so knowledgeable. Like, he's probably more knowledgeable than most. I mean, he's, like, up there with Davey and Mathis with the way they retain the the history and the knowledge. But then he doesn't fit the typical profile. And he's he's kind of just a goofy guy. But, yeah. But he's awesome. Like, he's he's the nicest guy. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's, man, that's cool. I, I appreciate that story. Um, so how do you get involved with mad skills? Like, how do you, do you know about tech and gaming and all that already? Or is it just, a, again, a chance meeting? Well, it's funny at racer X, I was always the guy who knew the most about tech and okay. anything having to do with the turborilla and this company. I'm always the guy who knows the least about it. So I <laughs> right, kind of right. changed a little bit there. Okay. No, the way that it happened was I was always like, uh, Racer X was always interested in pop culture and the way motocross was portrayed in pop culture and so forth. So I always had like a Google email alert set up so that anytime the word motocross or supercross or, you know, I put Jeremy McGrath in there back in the day and and Emig and all the, all the big names, I would, I always wanted to make sure I would get an alert letting me know if it was in the, in the mainstream somewhere. And then we would look at it and see if it was something, if there was something cool that we could do with it. So one time I got an alert for a game called mad skills motocross and I'd looked into it and, 
ended up selling the guy who owns it a little bit of advertising on racer X and, um, and he sent me a, an install code for the game. And I played it a little bit, but didn't think much about it. But then sometime later, my son, Julian, who was really young at the time, five or six or however old he was then, said, asked me if he could play a game on my computer. And I thought, well, I have this game. And I and brought it up and I let him play it. And I was watching it over, watching him play over his shoulder. And I just kind of saw the way the bike was moving. And it really hit me this time. I was like, wow, that the physics of this thing are legit. Like this is this is a legit a legit motocross arcade game. I haven't seen anything quite like this before. Mm-hmm. And and mobile gaming was blowing up. And I was like, how can this thing possibly achieve its potential on a PC? So I reached out to the guy who ran it. And I just said, hey, I, you know, I feel like you guys have an amazing game, but you're on the wrong platform. You know, have you ever thought about making this thing, you know, releasing this thing on a mobile platform? He's like, I think about it all the time, but I'm not sure how to how to make it work. And I said, I think I do. <laughs> and so we kind of partnered up on it, figured it out, and and made it and, and released Mad Skills Motocross One in conjunction with Racer X, and um, it kind of blew up right from the very beginning. Like we were we were featured on the App Store uh, a, a few days after our release, and it never really slowed down after that. Ever. Wow, yeah, yeah you, you're cool. just one of those guys I can tell just that can pretty much you put your mind to it, you're going to achieve it. That's uh, I don't. I'm not that. always great with the day-to-day stuff anymore. Like, <laughs> I still have to. In my older age, I have to work to to find the consistency in the day-to-day um, that I'm that I'd like to have. Right. I, I still I still have some ideas. Okay. Um. You yeah. s- you said you that you met Davey starting with with uh, being in music, and then you ran into him. Yeah, I want and, to ask about music. Yeah, yeah music. Well, my my question was is uh, does did that background and like maybe like recording or having to do stuff or just knowing music, did that help you at all with knowing the computer stuff or is it just kind of something you learned separately? No, no, I was a terrible musician and I, I wouldn't even call myself a musician. I just I, I knew a lot of people and I was I played by myself, so I was like I would play for like forty bucks and three beer. Oh, so I because that. I knew all the bands in town and they 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 needed somebody to open up for them and I had a lot of friends in town. I was probably a pretty good opening act at the time because I was cheap. Basically. What kind of music? I mostly just played covers. I wrote some stuff, but I was just me and an acoustic guitar. The, the way that I originally got to know Davey, though, is because he always would request that I play the Pink Floyd song Vera off the wall. Oh, cool. So nice. That was in the very early days how that went. Oh. But, but I, I'm just, you know, I wasn't very good. Now, my daughter, on the other hand, she's a badass musician, but not myself so much. I love it. I, love, I'm a, I, I can't play music at all, but I, I'm a huge, like, hard rock metalhead. So yeah, I'm wearing I, a Floyd shirt yeah, right yeah, now. Scotty's got a Pink Floyd nice. shirt on. But I, so I, I have a lot of friends that are musicians and some that are professional musicians. One of my best friends is Madonna's guitar player has been for 20 something years. That's a good gig. Yeah, it is. And he's a metalhead also. He's actually about to, I don't think this has been announced yet, but he's, he's working with, um, damn, my mind just blanked on the band now. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so it doesn't matter, but he, he's, wor- he's working, he's working with guys like Prong and, um, a lot of metal bands. He's on metal blades records, but anyway, I'm big into music. I love I actually had Scotty Hill from uh, or Rachel Bolin from Skid Row on here and did a podcast with him not too long ago. So yeah, I, I'm I'm all about music, man. I love it. So that's really cool. I'm I'm impressed with you, dude. You're you're, you're becoming my idol fast. Uh, might be careful with that, man. I don't all know right. if that's a good idea. Back it down a little bit. <laughs> all right, I've got a few more questions for you. Um, Mad skills related. Okay. So. Are there multiple people designing tracks? How does the track designs come about? Let's start with that one. Okay, good question. So um, Joe Welch, who is, who, who is um, 
the other American who's involved uh, with Mad Skills. He lives down near El Paso, Texas. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was originally a beta tester back in the day and was just sort of one of these guys who was really good at everything, uh, big into action sports, really into racing games and level design and all that kind of stuff. And he got involved as a beta tester earlier. He's come on to be he's our lead, he's the lead game designer now at Mad Skills and um, is uh, just really effective at a lot of things. And, I think he's the best track builder. There are a lot of good guys who, who build tracks for Mad Skills, but I think he's about the best. Okay. Uh, maybe for my style of play anyway. But there are, there are plenty of other guys on the front line designs tracks. Um, my friend Justin uh, and, and a number of other guys who, who design them. There's like sort of like a small team of track builders who submit tracks that they've built to um, our guy Jens. And he kind of reviews them. And if we run them in the game, uh, we pay we pay folks. We always pay people for anything we use. So we don't we don't have people build tracks for free or anything like that. Um, so it's just if you look on Jam, if you look at the names of the tracks that are that are running each week, you can know you can see who the track designer is. Yeah, and yeah. Oftentimes you'll see one's Joe and one is somebody else. Uh, that, that tends to be the case a lot. Of the okay. Time, I think. Who names yeah. them? Because I have some ideas for oh, some names. What a great question. I take naming tracks so seriously. Yeah. So like if you were to go through, uh, sometimes I get bummed that people don't, don't catch some of the pop culture references that we put in the track names <laughs> as much as I would like them to. Okay. Um, but we, sometimes people suggest things. Uh, so if you guys have ideas, send them over and we'll make sure they get in the game. Sometimes I just have something on my mind and, and I want, I want to see it as a name of a track. Um, like if you were to look at, um, the original Mad Skills Motocross 2 career tracks, you'd find one in there that's called Huggins Fury. And I'm a big college hoops fan. Uh-huh. And WVU, WVU, WVU's basketball team is coached by Bob Huggins. So there's a, a track in there called Huggins Fury. Almost every track name has something behind it. It's very rare that we just sort of randomly came up with a name. Dude, you guys should like have a, a, a link or something where you could like look at all that, like the background, the history of the names, you know, what they're based off of, what the reasoning was. That'd be kind of cool because – that's a pretty great idea. I, I don't know how much I could remember at this point. Sometimes yeah. I see a track name and I'm like, I know I had a reason for that, but I don't <laughs> remember. They're almost like little snapshots into whatever I was into or whatever um, the other guys were into at the time. So well, clearly, that was a great question. I appreciate that question. Yeah, clearly Breaking Bad was an influence to somebody at ah, some point. Yes. Oh, that was a great Easter egg. Yeah, the well, I mean, there's like, I think there's one called, it had Heisenberg in the name. I don't remember if that was the yeah. actual... And then it's I, called High Zenberg, yes. H-I-G-H, and then Zenberg. Yeah, yes, right. but then, of course, the Winnebago's in the background every yeah. so often. And the first yeah. time I saw it, I was like, did I see that? And then I went to, like, <laughs> replay it, and it wasn't there. And that messes with me. And then I'd find it and screenshot it, and I was like, I told you, I saw it. I knew I saw it. Well, let me steal this pop culture um, discussion and around the corner real quick and say okay. one other thing. So you guys have played Daily Dash, the new daily mode that oh, we yeah. just released last yes, week? Yes, sir. I have. Awesome. That was an idea. For the last, like, eight years, I've wanted to implement some sort of a limited attempts mode. I just thought that it would be kind of cool to have, like, a reason to come back to the game a few times a day just for really quick sessions. And it would also be interesting to see if, you know, are the best players in the world – only the best because they play a shit ton or right. are the best players in the world, the best because they're that good. So I wanted to kind of see if there's going to be a difference between limited attempt mode and unlimited attempt mode, the top of the leaderboards. And we will have a leaderboard in daily dash here soon, by the way. Okay. If, if you take a look at the three players that you race every day in day in daily dash, one of them is Benji. One yep. of them is Emil, And one of them is um, Maggie. 
those are the three, those are two of the developers and the artists who are the most behind the development of Daily Dash. Those avatars, those are people on our staff. But before we decided to do that, I intended to take three characters from the, the, the Quentin Tarantino written film, True Romance. Have you guys seen that movie? Oh yeah, Christian Slater. Yeah, so it was going to be, one of the names was going to be Clarence, which was Christian Slater's character. One yeah. of the names was going to be Drexel, which was the pimp. And one of the names is going to be Floyd, which is Brad Pitt's stoner character. So that didn't end up making it in the game because we decided to give the love to the developers who actually put the work into it instead. Right. But that's, cool. that's the type of way we think, you know, it's like, what do we love? And then how can we kind of like give it an homage in the game? I like it, man. I like, I like the Star Wars references and a couple of them. Obviously, I'm a huge, yeah. huge Star Wars fan. Which brings me to like, I have a couple suggestions, you know, and I'm right. sure they won't be accepted and that's fair, but I like dark side versus Mathis and oh, I like for, for a versus track. Yeah. And I like moto X pod versus pulp, but you know, I mean, I, I totally get that that's probably not going to happen, but that's certainly what comes to my mind. You have no idea how easy it is for us to name tracks. man. <laughs> we don't have like some hierarchy. This shit has to go through. That's yeah. difficult. If we decide we want to do it, we just do it. It's kind of like racer X in that way. Yeah, right, if we just right, decide right. we want to do it. We just do it. So I guess I've been doing that my entire career. That's awesome, dude. I, I, I think that's so interesting. I've wondered that for so long and it's really cool to get some of the background and uh, you know, some of the, uh, where that comes from. I think it's really cool to get a chance to talk to you. We don't have a whole lot of time left. We got Pierce Brown coming up, but I would like, I don't know if you want to give anything away, but I've heard rumors of Mad Skills 3 out on the horizon. Uh, anything you can tell us? Before I do that, I just want to send out crazy props to Pierce. That they turned Rob is awesome. Sure was. He's got to be so stoked. He's probably still buzzing about it, so... I just and he held off my boy Justin Cooper too. So I just want to say say big congrats to him. I'm actually honored to be on the same show he's on. Awesome. Um, we, we've been saying for like two years that Madsco's Motocross Three is going to be out anytime. It's and, and and we always thought it really was going to be out at any time. Uh, right. We always felt it was close, but we also we keep feeling like there was something missing and there's something missing. And man, Madsco's Motocross Two was a bit. It was a good game. It it is a good game, it's and it fantastic. always has been. And, we don't want to release anything that isn't that isn't deserving of being its sequel, but I think we're there now. Um, okay. So I think we're going to. I think there's going to be more news about uh, its availability relatively soon. I'm not going to make any promises because every time you do that, <laughs> you, you end up uh, you end up sort of eating your words. But you know, a couple of the things that I think you'll see in this game that don't don't exist in Mad Skills Motocross Two, and and we reserve the right to not do these things if they don't work out, but. I think there's going to be a pretty bitch and whip feature in Mad Skills Motocross 2. That was one of my questions. To, yeah. Um, the, the, the physics are... Uh, most of the people who have played a lot of Mad Skills Motocross 3 feel like the physics are better than Mad Skills Motocross 2. I definitely think okay. that uh, our players are going to be good with the gameplay. But we also didn't try to reinvent the wheel because the physics in Mad Skills Motocross 2 are good. Yeah. The biggest issue with Mad Skills Motocross 2 is the world in which we place those physics. Like there's no points paying series in there, for instance. We want we want the ability to emulate the sport. So it might not be in Mad Skills Motocross 3 right from the very beginning, but we intend to create online competition and league structure and um, series play that far exceeds anything we did in Mad Skills Motocross 2 as far as the world in which we're playing this game that we love. Oh, I so, like that. I yeah, like that. there's a lot of there's a lot of room to to for Mad Skills to grow by improving sort of the world in which the physics have been put into, not necessarily 
drastically changing the physics. Yeah. And I think that's what people will see with Mad Skills 3. Dude, that's I'm excited. Um, and we we got to get you, Scotty, playing a little more. We yeah. need to get you in our in our jam sessions with like Cooley and like or just I don't know I don't even think you and I play each other like oh yeah I've just it's, find, it's we need to find each it's other and rare I'll just that let I play. you beat me a bunch so you can at least build your your level up some and maybe start getting some more stuff but yeah you need to start racing with us and then when Mad Skills three comes out we'll all be starting fresh yeah there see I like that I'm 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 down for the new game dude Brian man it has really been a pleasure to talk to you um. Yeah, it's been cool, man. I, I wasn't sure, you know, I didn't know how much information you would give us on the background of all this stuff, but I, I think it's very cool. I know so many people that play this game. I'm sure they're going to love hearing all this stuff. So thank you for coming on. Oh, thanks for the invite, fellas. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. And hopefully, uh, I don't know, man, one of these days we'll meet up at a Supercross or something. For sure. Davey, not today. We're just talking about a, uh, a road trip in the after times. So uh, let's let's hope it's to a race where you guys happen to be as well. Well, we'll just make it happen. I'll, I, you know, I'm sure I'll be at some of the nationals this year, so we'll figure it out. We'll be in touch. All right, Brian. Thanks, buddy. All right, brother. See you. Take care. All right. Thanks to Brian Steely for coming on. That was freaking cool, dude. Um, all right. We need to take another break and get Pierce on. Be right back. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, Blood Lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. DJ TJ and I trust Blood Lubricants in our machines, so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their Chain Lube, Two-Stroke Pre-Mix, PolyClean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod Show. Scotty T here from the Moto X Pod Show with another fantastic product from Burn Motorsports. It's Shock Socks, the number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes having leaky fork seals. With Shock Socks, you can protect your fork seals from the crap at the track in a matter of 10 seconds. Fork seals can be expensive and take away from your ride time, so fight the crime of grit and grime with Shock Socks. Check your local dealer or go to the BurrMotorsports.com webpage. Also, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. So go out and make sure to get your pair of Shock Socks today. If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom-painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom-painted helmets tricked out, and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, Extreme Colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom-painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998, and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you, too, can have a custom-painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S, Extreme Colors. Let them know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, what, what was that? 
It's the Supergirl's guy's voice. No. No, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, built performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at williamsmotoworks, that's williamsmoto, and then w-e-r-x at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Fly Racing is back on board with the Moto X-Pod show for 2021. What can we say that you don't already know? In 2020, Fly revolutionized the helmet game with the Formula Helmet. For 2021, they brought us the Formula CC with the same Rion technology and a tri-weave composite shell at a fantastic price point. Fly Racing also released the new light pant with a boa in the front. Visit flyracing.com to see everything Fly Racing has to offer from the moto, street, BMX, water, and even mountain bike lines. Once you try Fly Racing, you'll see why riders like the 2020 motocross national champion Zach Osborne, as well as Blake Baggett, gold medalist Connor Fields, and even the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw, trust Fly Racing. There simply is no better. What's up, guys? This is the 7-Juice Trade out of Intercom. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeastUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Moto X Pajo sent you. All right, we're back again. Our next guest of the night is brought to you by Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID. Hit up at Berm Lords on Instagram. If you want graphics or your jerseys lettered, check them out at graphics at bermlords.com. You know they do my jerseys and my graphics. Shan Garcia and those guys are killing it. Tonight, Berm Lords brings us from Troy Lee Designs, Red Bull Gas Gas, Mr. Pierce Brown. What's up, dude? What's up? What's up? How's it going? It's going good, man. Excited to talk to you. Coming off a podium at Daytona, dude. Yeah, what a weekend. I'm stoked. Are you, have you, has it set in yet or like what, what are you feeling today? Yeah, no, it's set in for sure. It took a, it took a day to set in. I, um, I couldn't sleep Saturday night, dude. I had I a flight it. at four in the morning, um, <laughs> got back to the hotel at like, I'd say about 11 and, uh, yeah, I like try to go to bed. I was like, no, I gotta watch the race, woke <laughs> up, watched the race. And then just all night I was just cheese and ear to ear. I love it. I got probably an hour of sleep Saturday night and couldn't sleep on my flight just because I was so stoked. So um, I was on cloud nine for about a day, but then it finally, finally set in about uh, Sunday. Um, that yeah, I'm. Uh, I felt like I uh, felt like I deserved that. We've been working um, for a long time for that. So yeah. Um, 
I th- it wasn't one of those races that like was like a, a fluke. I felt like I felt like I had to work for that one. So I'm stoked. I'm ready for the rest of the season. And I, uh, I believe that's where I belong now. I like that. We were just talking, me and Scotty here before, you know, in our little intro of the show, you know, and talking about guys like yourself and of course styles who got on the podium as well, who, you know, honestly, we probably wouldn't have picked you guys to be on the podium. If I'm being honest, um, yeah. cause we just haven't seen that out of you. And, you know, people could say, all right, well, uh, Daytona is not a quote unquote real supercross, or they can say whatever they want to say, but you can't take away the fact that this is going to be motivation for you. It's going to be, um, inspiring, you know, it's going to build your confidence. Like all those things are so important for this sport that now, you know, that you can run up there with those guys. It should flow into Arlington this week and it should be something that you can build off of. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. There's always going to people going to be people out there saying like, Oh, like Daytona's not real super cross. Let's see if like, like guys like myself and like styles, if we could do it um, next, uh, next weekend and right. follow it up. But um, no, I believe, I believe that I'm, uh, podium guy and uh it's been a long time coming all of last year was a struggle for sure i had more lows and highs and um yeah it just got to a point i got injured got to a point i'm like am, am i doing the right stuff yeah like, is this really um is this really happening and um yeah so spent all off season injured that was a bummer and um it was a last minute deal to race daytona honestly i uh um I had four weeks of Supercross before Daytona. And if you would have asked me four weeks before Daytona that if I was going to be on the podium, let alone racing, I would have been like, oh, you're crazy. Right, no right. But um, no, I had a really good couple of weeks. And um, TK, my team manager, uh, gave me the go to race. And um, yeah, it went, uh, went amazing. I couldn't have asked for a better uh, first race debut of the season. So. Um, I'm, I'm stoked and, uh, hopefully we can keep building, but I, I believe that that's where I belong now. So you say in that, that's like the second or third time you've said you believe that's where you belong. And you also mentioned that last year was difficult. Like it didn't go how you expected. Um, the first time I met you was at Freestone, I think in 19. Um, and you know, Jeff Brewer introduced me to you and I, feel like I asked you this question because I, I usually do with amateur guys about pressure and what's put on you guys and expectations. And then you go pro and everybody expects you to come off Loretta's and all these amateur nationals. And, you know, if you're first or second amateur nationals, well, you should be first or second supercross or, and that's just not the case. It's such yeah, it's a not. big learning curve. Um, do you feel like, last year like that that was difficult like it was more pressure than you were you know too much pressure or like how did how did you feel about last year with what the team was expecting um I wouldn't say the pressure was a was a problem because the team just told me every week and just do what you can do nice we don't we don't care what you finish honestly we just want you to learn and build for next year and um it was it was a process every weekend i was going out qualifying garbage and uh, my best finish was a fourth which was actually really good but um had a lot of 
a lot more lows than I did highs. So I'm like, shoot, like, am I doing the right stuff? I see guys like Jet Lawrence, they're out winning. And um, other guys like Shimoda, he killed it too. Guys that I put myself against and uh, guys that I was uh, racing against and beating most of the time in amateurs. So that was, that was tough to swallow. Um, It was kind of almost like an ego thing. I was just trying too hard on the weekends and uh, I'd learned that in the pros, if you try too hard, you're just going to go backwards just because like, it's really not, that's not how you could ride those tracks. It's um, a lot more finesse and uh, yeah, that wasn't me last year. I was just a hammerhead. So. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that a couple of times for sure. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, you, you, but I love that you're, you're telling us that you learned that though. I think like that's, that's hard, man. I mean, that's like you're a young, you're still a kid to me, man. And for you to learn those lessons and be like, okay, I see that. Now I need to implement it. That's very mature of you. Yeah, yeah. I think the injury helped me out a lot too. Mm-hmm. As, as crazy as that sounds, I spent five months on the couch and uh, it just kind of gave me a lot of time just to think about just where I was and uh, where I wanted to be and um how i was gonna get get there and um that was that was tough to swallow but um no it just kind of gave me a reset i think that's what i needed when i got back on the bike i was just having more fun than i've had in my whole life just being able to ride every day like the five months off is super tough because just my whole life basically was taken away from me i had to like kind i just had to be a normal person which was odd for me to do you know um, but yeah, once I got back on the bike, I just, uh, put my head down and, uh, made every day count. And I don't think I did that last year. So very impressive. Um, yeah. They always say the saying is like quantity over quality. And uh, I think that's what we got out of the four weeks before Daytona. So, um, yeah, I, we're definitely not even close to where I want to be. But um, we're making uh, baby steps, and that's all I could ask for. Awesome. Um, yes, uh, Pierce, going back to the the, uh, the Daytona race this weekend. So, you know, we've all watched uh, thousands of Supercross races, and so you kind of you kind of get used to seeing certain things and themes happening. And obviously, Justin Cooper was coming through the pack, and he was on one of those revenge rides where, you know, the, the fast guys, they step up a level because they're trying to get as many points as they can. And yeah. to be honest with you, visually, when he, he started to catch you in the last lap, and I was like, oh, man, he he's I think Cooper's going to get him. And then you just kind of – something something sparked, and I literally – like, it's hard to tell on TV, too. And I literally saw you step it up, and, like, it was impressive watching you hold that off. So I kind of wanted to know – my question is, was there something the mechanic said? Did you just, like, not today, this is my podium? Was it a shot of adrenaline? Like, what what – take us through that moment and what got you through to hold him off. No, it was honestly just like a, like a mental click. I've been just trying to like train my mind with like little stuff like that, like for the past couple months. And, um, once I saw, once I saw Cooper behind me, he was, uh, coming into the sand as I was coming out every lap, he was inching, inching, inching closer. And then got to the point where like, I couldn't see him. So I was like, Oh, he's gotta be right there. And, um, I, I never got the two lap card. I didn't even know if they gave it to us, but, um, I was, I was expecting to have at least like three more laps when I saw the white flag, but when I saw the white flag come out, I kind of just, um, y- y- dude, I can't even tell you what 
clicked in my mind, but um, I definitely did step it up a notch. And uh, I think my last half was definitely one of my better laps. I knew that the only place he could get me was either the whoops or the last rhythm before the finish. That was a tough one to get. So um, I sent it through the whoops, had a decent pass through. And uh, yeah, I ripped through the sand. I don't think I hit the brakes once. So (laughs) uh, yeah, sent it through the sand and then hit the, came into the last corner and um, like, all right, here we go. I got to get this perfect. And uh, yeah, I just got that last section money. And um, dude, I... I don't even know what was going on through my head, but it was just me in the zone. And uh, yeah, it felt like everything was just coming easy as crazy as that sounds. It definitely probably didn't look like it, but uh, yeah, I was in the zone. So it was, it was uh, noticeable. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. No, that's all it. Okay. Uh, so on the bike, on the new gas gas, when you're riding that, you know, you, you were a KTM guy for a while. Is there really, do you feel any difference or do you, or like, how was the transition from the KTM to the gas gas? Do they feel the same or what do you like better or, you know, what's the difference? Yeah, they, they feel basically the same. I've been on a KTM guy for a while, mm-hmm. a couple of years. And, um, yeah, it was first day back on the gas gas. It was after my injury. So I had basically five months of no riding and then got on my bike and, it felt like home. So I don't know if it's just because it, I had like so much time off or if it was just that similar to my KTM, but no, it felt, felt home first day back. And, uh, we were able to, uh, just cough carbon copy, uh, Michael Moseman settings cause his bike was, it still is like really good. Um, but that saved us a lot of time in testing. So we just kind of spent the four weeks just putting my laps in every single day and uh, um, didn't have to worry about the bike setup as much as uh, we were expecting to. So, yeah, but the bike felt home first day, got back on it, and uh, wasn't really much to get used to. Oh, that's great. That makes things a lot easier. Um, I want to talk about the team a little bit. So, I met Troy Lee for the very first time this year at Houston one. I've never had a chance to meet him and he was so animated on press day watching Justin. And then I saw him race day and he was so fired up for some things that were going on. Um, what's, what's it like working with Troy? He, he's, he's, uh, an animal. Yeah. Troy's a character. He's yeah. such a funny dude. I don't, I haven't really spent too much time with him, but okay. I'm really good buddies with his son, Max. And he's, uh, basically a smaller version of Troy. They're both just like, <laughs> they're, they're funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Troy's awesome work with like, every time I see him, he's like, Oh, do you need anything? Like this and that he's been super easy to work with. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I could have asked for, uh, a better team as a whole. Everyone's right. been by my side since day one. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Yeah, you mentioned Moseman, who's one of my favorite riders. I, I I love that guy. He's so um he is he's not what again, I, I just talked about this with um Brian from Mad Skills about Weege, but Moseman is not like what you consider the stereotype of a moto guy. He's very, very yeah. different, and I think that's cool. And I think it's probably 
I, I would assume spending time with him, I don't know how much time you've got to hang out with him, but it probably just brings a different vibe and he's very intelligent. I would think that's kind of maybe gives you, if you get to ride with him much, you probably learn something from him. Yeah. Yeah. Michael's super cool. We've, we've been able to spend some time together in the last couple of months and uh, I've been able to learn a lot from him. He's really smart. He's a character to it. Yeah. Uh, it's just funny being around him, but um, yeah, he is really smart. So you could, learn a lot from them just being around them. And um, I think it's cool having people like him around because mm-hmm. it kind of just throws off the, just like the stereotype, like you said, of like moto guys, like everyone's just so worried about one thing and Going down. Um, he's just uh, different. Yeah. And I think it's cool to have people like that just to like switch it up. So everyone's not doing the same stuff and worried about the same things. And uh, yeah, I, it's cool. And having uh, Justin Barsha on the team too. He's, he's funny to be around it. Everyone. Um, I'm sure not everyone's a fan of him, but uh, yeah, I've learned to, I've been able to spend a lot of time with him lately and uh, I've learned a lot from him too. So just uh, having those guys around me, it's, uh, it brings a different vibe to the track a yep. different vibe than I've like ever had. And uh, I, I love it so far. That's cool. Yeah. I think you're in a good spot, man. That team, you know, he's got a lot of potential. Uh, I knew T- no TK really. He's very passionate. Also, he can be kind of. I've you know from the Moto Spy videos, I, I've seen that he can be uh, tough to deal with. Also, when things aren't going well, but I think he his heart's in the right place, and I think he knows what he's doing. So you're in a good spot, man. Um, so coming into Arlington, are your goals like? Do you have a goal set podium, or do you have a goal set? You know, like what what do you, what are your thoughts and uh, expectations for Arlington, all three of them? All three Arlingtons. Um, my goal is just to uh, get a good start. I I have my start styled on uh, on the practice days of the test track, but um, I just throw the technique straight out the window at race day. So I want to uh, I want to just slow things down and get a good start and then put 15 minutes in a lap together. Okay. Um, like I know I can, and yeah. I know if I get a good start and, um, I'm running up with those guys, uh, I'm sure I'm capable of a podium. I believe I could podium, but, uh, I don't really want to put a number to it. Cause I don't want to be disappointed if I don't get it. I but, like uh, yeah, my perfect. goal. My goal is to get a good start. All three Arlington's, um, finish all three motos strong and, uh, just carry, carry the momentum from Daytona into that. Yeah. Okay. How about uh, qualifying? Do you care about fastest qualifier or anything like that? Or do you just want to get a decent time in so you can get a decent pick and learn the track and be, and get the bike right? Yeah, no, I would love to get a good qualifying time, but okay. it's just uh qualifying time or qualifying. Is not really my thing? Sure. Um, that's what I struggled with last year. I let it get to my head. Um, if I didn't qualify well, but, um, I kind of proved it to myself last weekend that qualifying times don't really mean much. You kind of see that with uh, like Cooper Webb. That's what and, I was about uh, to say. Yep. Like that. Like they, yep. they just throw that out the window. They just want to get a decent time in. And that's what I try to do. Got a decent time in. Um, I wasn't able to get a full, like clean lap in. So uh, that kind of, that was like a good and bad thing. It gave me like, motivation knowing that I was 
better than water qualified. And, uh, yeah, I just came into the heat race and, um, just kind of threw qualifying out the window. I was like, it doesn't really matter anymore when the heat Perfect. race, um, ended up third. And, uh, I was stoked with that. I, uh, I was honestly blown away with that being my first race back. Right. And then yeah. coming into the main, actually started right next to Cameron McAdoo and uh, I got to jump on him, had a wheel on him and uh, I pinched him off a little bit. He was on the inside of me coming into the first corner and he just snuck by me and uh, kind of uh, pinched me back off <laughs> and I got buried. I was P9 going over the triple and yeah, uh, yeah I just had to stay calm out there, just do, do my thing, not worry about anybody else. And people were going down left and right. And, uh, I was making passes and, uh, just happened to end up being a podium. So it was, uh, it was a good day, but yeah, I don't think, I don't worry about qualifying as much as okay. most people do. Yeah. I, I think, again, I think your head's in the right spot. I like everything you're having to say. You've got one more Scotty and we'll let uh, him go. Yeah. So I, I always kind of go through the guys we're going to interviews like Instagram just to kind of get like a little, you know, extra bonus question. And um, I actually like yours is pretty strictly business. Like it, it stays pretty close to motocross, which I like. I think that's very professional. But I just kind of wanted to ask, like, what do you when you're away from moto? What do you kind of like to do outside of that? What's like you're, you know, you've put in your whole oh, week's worth of work. And at the end of the day, end of the week, like, what do you do to relax and like pastimes and stuff? Uh, I just like hanging out with my friends. Like, on on my off time, I picked up a golf hobby. So we we went golfing about like three times a week, and yep. uh, we're in season now, so we can't really go out as much. But yeah, I like to golf, just hang out with my buddies, kind of get away from the track, and um, little stuff like that. Um, that's that's mainly about it. But I just like having uh, like my friends around me just to get my mind off of the work day and uh, just hang out with them. I like it, Pierce, man. I like everything you had to say tonight. Um, it's, it's impressive. You're, you're a mature young man. I, and I felt like I felt the same thing when I met you, like I said, at Freestone, I could tell your, your parents did a really good job. Um, and I, I like, I like where your head's at, man. I think you're, you got a bright future. I appreciate you coming on tonight. And I really, really look forward to seeing what you're going to do at our home race in Dallas which we'll be at, man. So hopefully I'll get a chance to, I know we really can't get close and do any interviews in the pits, but at least maybe I can, you know, throw up the metal horns or something when I walk by and say, what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys. I hope to see you there. Well, yeah, we'll definitely, we'll, I'll yell at you across the, the banners or whatever. They won't let me get too <laughs> close, but I'll say hi and uh, look for good things from you this weekend, man. Cool. Sounds like a plan. Thank you guys. Absolutely. Pierce. Appreciate Take care, it. buddy. You too. See you. Ah, another great interview, man. Pierce is a good kid. Yeah, he, yeah, he seems pretty level-headed and stuff. I like and that I want to, I want to do. Uh, I know it's our same old thing. Yeah, I, I want to do. There's an investigation there where, where, with the correlation between golf and motocross, because it seems like I pick, I picked up golfing, you know, later in later in life, but it seems like motocross and racing people just love golf. I don't know what the correlation is. I, don't, I guess it's a, they're both I mean, mental it's a skill sports. And it's mental. Yeah. It's a mental. I don't I've know never what played ever. So I can't dude. it. It'll, it'll, it, you think like, like it'll, it'll stress you out. I'm like sure. it, it is crazy. I've hit golf balls and I suck at it. It's not easy. And you no. can think that you can, you're doing it. And then all of a sudden you try to change something and then you're lot. Right. And, but I don't know. I want to find, I want to talk that maybe 
I wish I had more ties. It'd be cool to get somebody like Ricky Fowler, who's uh, his family was always into moto and, and get to him to talk on the professional side I of golf. I tried to get Ricky on through Kyle Chisholm. Really? Because he's is he friends with Chiz? Oh yeah, they're really tight. I didn't know he that. Sponsors Chiz. Okay. Yeah, his, I knew so, that he had ties like that. I didn't yeah, realize yeah. it was with he Chiz. And, he and Chiz are buddies. Um, and, and I might be able to work that out. I I need to since I need to find out when the golf season or whatever is off. Um, it never really stops. Okay. Right now is like they're like like Anaheim one. Okay, like, so yeah. like they so do. He's too busy then. It's huge. Like like they just had um, a WGA, which is like a a world rankings match, okay. and then they just had another Arnold Palmer Invitational. It's a really big deal, and then now they're going into their swing of like players championships, all the, the Masters. Yeah, all right. the, uh, all yeah, that. if if I knew when their their quote I, their downtime it's, was sort of, it's like I might... it's like November ish. Okay, well uh, maybe we can get him on. I did want to get him on because he is a fan of Moto, and okay. that's why he helps Chiz out and their buddies. So I thought it'd be cool to get him on just to talk about helping Chiz. I'm, I'm pretty sure his brother was a pro for a while. Maybe maybe so. I so, think he was. Yeah. So like yeah, we'll, we'll we'll work on that. I can do that. Um, okay, we're gonna wrap up episode 192. Once again, I want to thank a Cherby's USA, X-Brand Goggles, Williams Moto Works, uh, Extreme Colors, Helmet Painting, Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID, R-Jerky, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing. I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, you know, As we say every time we talk about this, how much that helps, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Search out the Moto X-Pod show, and if you feel like it, you can support the show. You know, you can give us 5 bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month. That money goes to... Uh, $1 I just, million. Dollars. I just had, yeah, $1 million. <laughs> I just had to buy another laptop for TJ for the camera stuff. That's that HP sitting there. Yep. Um, and some of the Patreon money got used for that. So all that stuff you guys do really helps us out. It goes to a lot of the stuff we do, travel expenses, you know that. So it means a lot. I am going to do a... Fly formula giveaway when we can get one to our Patreon listeners. Uh, there aren't any available for us right now. I know Mathis gave one away last week, but just we're, we're not at that level, so we don't have access to those yet. But when JT gets me one, I think I'm going to do that through the Patreon guys because, of, you know, they, they, they give us money to help out. So uh, we got a lot of cool listeners helping us out. I understand that some of you can't, but if you can, it goes a long way to doing what we do. Scott, you got anything? No, man, that was a solid show. I'm glad to be back. I like that people want me to keep coming back, so that means a lot. Has anybody said they want you to come back? I don't know. I'm just... Okay. I mean, you've said that before. We get millions of emails. Millions. 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 They say Scotty's rad. Scotty's yeah. way better than TJ. Yeah. Yeah, I get I'll, lots I'll, of those. I'm sure. I'm sure they millions. just... I'm sure that you can't even keep your inbox clear from... I had to start a second email second account email. to keep up. Yeah. Scotty, it, was, it was crazy. Scotty's great at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah Scotty's great at g. What's another funny one? Like, there's some of those that you hear, like Hotmail, like that you go, it's not not quite hotmail. as yeah, Hotmail, and then there's a couple others. Um, my dad still has AOL. Oh, so do I. Oh, you still have Darkside a- MX a- AOL. Oh man, yeah, Dude, that's-, that's why am I gonna change? People give me crap. I'm like, but that's where all my links, everything I have yeah. is linked to that. It's why would I you, like it? I, I have my, I have my and Yahoo. It works. Yeah, I have my Yahoo, my Gmail. I don't think I could change now. It's just yeah. everything's. There's I mean, I have so a many Gmail profiles, also, but yeah. I don't use it for anything other yeah. than like I use the Gmail one when I sign up for something and I don't want spam. Spam, mail. yeah, yeah. That's when I use the Gmail because I just don't check it. That's funny, dude. AOL rules. Yeah. So me and JT, Jason Thomas, 
Fly Racing. His is, his personal is at AOL as well. All right, we're out. That's the end of episode one ninety nine, one ninety two. Again, no show next week, but we'll we'll probably do something. And I'm gonna post. I'm gonna post the audio from the better half with Austin Forkner and Riley Kirk. Um, I'll post that next week. If you guys missed it on Instagram, I'm gonna put the audio up. So that'd be cool. Other than that, we're out of here. See ya. <laughs>